Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Pulling up today is my bro from Power Book 2 Ghost, my guy, Lovell Adams Gray. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Got my water. Yeah, you know I mean, doing very well. <laughs> uh, you know, water and minding and minding your business is the key to life. That's my saying. That's facts. All right, man. So um, can you talk about how have you been maintaining during like this whole pandemic? Locked in on my scripture every day. Um, uh-huh. You know, um, make sure I'm reading. Uh, I'm with my fiance most of the time. Right now, I'm back home with my family. So, you know, God is good. And making sure that, like like I said, got my water, <laughs> you know. And uh, for, uh, fortunately, you know, we have the job. So we're working on that and just keeping sane. Also, I'm playing games. I love video games. I love video games. Like, love video games. So, anybody wanted to get me a birthday present or a christmas present a video game would suffice like it's always been that way it will ever be that way which games are you um which games are you playing now for me i'm a big 2k and madden guy that's like the only two things i really play i'll wait a few years before i get my next 2k game because they make the same game every year so i'm just like let me just wait three years so it's at least like a good difference before i get the next one uh so i'm waiting until mm-hmm. like 2020 uh, 2K23 before I get the next one. Last one I got was 2K20. Um, so I play, I'm right now I'm playing Final Fantasy. It's not my favorite. I'm just playing it because it's like, I just play with my boys. So it's fun. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to get The Last of Us 2. I like first, like one 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 player games most of the time, adventure games, you know, story games, thriller games, whatever have you. Games I got to figure out and I got to go find secrets and Easter eggs and whatever. Um, uh, so right now Final Fantasy 7 Remake is what I'm playing. And uh, I went back and started started the Metal Gear Solid series, and so I'm playing that too. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, and I was playing near. Yeah, I'm like I'm like a nerd with it. Like I play like those kind of games. Like <laughs> I want to play the one that they had for the first PlayStation like years ago. I had it when it first mm-hmm. came out, but but I just haven't played it since since I was a kid, and like I mm-hmm. and I just want to like experience that whole game again. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so earlier you mentioned um, that during this whole pandemic that you was um, 
into scripture. Like, did the pandemic bring you closer to your religion or no? I wouldn't say closer to my religion. I, I feel like it brought me closer to God. Um, right, understanding, yeah. you know, my faith because religion is whatever, you know, it's, it's like, it's just something that people made in order to make things make sense and put it in order. But, you know, I feel like the scripture is there. Um, reading the word of Jesus every day, you know, uh, really helped me because it was, you know, it's not just the pandemic that locked people down and made people stay in the house. And it wasn't just that, it was all the news and all the deaths and all the crazy stuff and not knowing who to trust and not knowing who to understand and who to believe in and blah, blah, blah. So when I read the word of Jesus, it was like, oh, this, this is all I need. You know what I mean? It was all I needed. And it was just like, because it was something that's not, had nothing to do with this. It was just reminding me that like, the ways of the world will always sway and change and will be confusing because it's it's man-made and man-run. Uh, and you can't rely on the flesh, you can rely on the spirit. So as long as I lock in and understand what I'm, and, and know who Jesus is, my Lord and savior, then I can actually like be okay. Cause I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. You know what I mean? It's just like all this other stuff is relevant. Cause I'm, I, get, I get to lock in on him. <laughs> whether I'm broke oh. or I'm rich, whether I got money. Cause I, I just before I didn't have no money. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I know what it's like to not have money. I know what it's like to have money. So, you know, whether God, God forbid, my, my job gets taken away and, you know, stuff gets shut down or we can't work no more. At least as long as I know that I can lock in on him, I don't have to worry about anything, you know, because I, man cannot live off of bread and bread alone. And what do you work to do to make money, to feed your family, to eat bread? But you cannot live off of that bread alone, right? So you need, you need the spirit to be filled and you can literally, I haven't gotten to that place, but you can literally sit and not eat for however long, as long as you meditate and focus on God, you'd be all right. You know what I mean? So that's just like, that's really what got me through. It, it let me play games the whole time and not feel like I was lazy and not feel like I was doing nothing. And you know what I mean? It's just let me, let me know that like, it's okay to take this rest. It's okay to be here and, you know, and, and just, and, and, be in your beautiful black skin and enjoy it, you know, <laughs> you know, on the performance side of things, did the pandemic help you like portray Drew more because I guess like he was able to focus more on the characters since you had that long layoff in between like filming? Definitely. I also think when I learn something and I take, if I'm learning something, actively learning something and I come up against a wall, if I take a break and go back to it, I'll have learned it or I'll be better at that thing. So um, with Drew, it's not like I came up, came up against a wall, but knowing that I had that time to take a step back, going back into him was like, oh, this is, I understand this now. I understand him more. I understand where I'm coming from now. And, uh, you know, you can also analyze what you did wrong or what you, what I, you know, I could also analyze what I did wrong or what I would want to change if I had the opportunity in my performance. So I get to sprinkle that in more whatever have you, you know? So just like having some more time to decompress and think about the work um, is always, I think it's always beneficial. I don't really get in my head and start thinking about things for too long. Cause again, I play games. So <laughs> if I'm sitting there thinking about something too much, I'm just like, let me just hop on this thing real quick and just like 
focus on a world that I that you know was created for me and I can just enjoy it. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about all this other stuff. I just let me just lock in on this. So, how does it feel to be a part of the Power Universe? It's very special. It's very special. Um, I don't know if you've seen that uh, Courtney announced that she'll be taking a step back um, and going to Netflix. Um, so we're you know we were all we're all you're, we're all gonna miss you know, Courtney being there and Courtney you know uh, being able to take that time and that energy to share it with us. But um, it's still a very special thing that she's created. And it's a very special universe that she's created. So um, I'm very grateful to be to be a part of it in any capacity. Um, and I know that Brett, going forward, working with Brett Mahoney, and that he's gonna, you know, take care of us. He's already been taking care of us. He's already been doing his thing in order to work with him and understand his flavor and his, you know, style of doing things and working with him and collaborating with him in any capacity. Were you a fan of the show before you landed the role of Drew? Definitely. When I when I auditioned for Drew, I thought I was auditioning. I thought it was all code, right? I thought it, I thought they weren't the real names of the characters. I thought because I had only heard that they were doing a prequel. I hadn't heard about they were doing the whole universe. So I thought that I was auditioning for Ghost. <laughs> As a young Ghost, his name was Drew, and he liked to draw. And I was like, cool. I didn't know, like you know what I mean. I was like a, a young uh, James St. Patrick, like to draw, like whatever. Just trying to capture that, like you know, other side of him before he's a killer. And so when I auditioned mm -hmm. for the role and I, and I booked it and they told me it was like for Power Book 2 and it's a continuation, I was like, oh, okay, cool, great. Cause I was like, no, no pressure now to be nobody else. I can just like, you know, create this character from, from scratch and stuff. And it was nice to, um, to, you know, step away from the, you know, continue on the legacy because watching it, yeah, I, I love Omari Harwick's work. And I was a big fan of the show going into it because I loved watching his acting. I felt like it validated me as an actor. I felt like watching his work before that, I haven't really seen someone convey such strong and powerful emotions on television and it be okay. You understand what I'm saying? Um, his impulses, his natural ways of uh, his poetic nature and what he brings to his work, um, a lot of the times is looked at as or oh, you're doing too much or you don't have to be so angry or what da, 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 you know those kind of things and so uh when i watched his work i was like oh this is powerful and it speaks to me you know his he has so much passion and joy and rage and whatever have you inside of him as as a character and he's able to let that out and also be methodical with it and also be this so i was enthralled with the work as soon as I wa started watching his, his performance as as Tommy, I'm sorry, as uh, James, um, as Ghost, I, I want to say. Uh, and I was riding with the show ever since. And so I decided to finish the show and then I got the audition. And I was like, oh, this is that's God locking me in, you know? <laughs> you know, how many people have asked you if, if Ghost is still alive since you- um... I got a lot of that. He did. <laughs> He did. Ask Courtney. She'll tell you. The creator of the show. She'll tell you. He did. <laughs> He's very much so dead, you know. And um, and it's and it's a beautiful thing because as people, we don't like things to end, but things have to end. You know, it's a part of the life. And it's a part of you know. We need. It's kind of like I'm watching Boruto right now, and they said something which really beautiful. It was like the the former generation, right? The older heads. Um, they're like a dying leaf, right? Before they go out. And that leaf 
it drops from the tree, it turns red, it decomposes and creates and, and it becomes a part of the soil for new growth to, to, to spring from, right? And that new growth is the younger generation. So Ghost, you know, he did his thing and he had that story and he had that time. And then he literally passing in the story has now allowed for a new story to branch off and go forward. That whole thing kind of reminds me of a Bible verse. I forgot which book where it's from, but it goes, um, one generation passeth away and another cometh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot where it's, which book it's in, but you know, that whole thing kind of reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at quoting the Bible at all, so that's very good. <laughs> I, I read it, I read it, I, I'm just reading it just to read it every day, but I'm not like, I know I didn't grow up in the church in that way where like those verses were drilled into and drilled into and drilled into. Uh-huh. So I, I couldn't tell you where, you know, verse this, chapter this, 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 and this. Um, but yeah. But it's yeah, at the tip you of know, my tongue. It's definitely. I think is hold on. I think is Ecclesiastes. I think that's where it came from. But don't quote me on that. Mm, I will find it. <laughs> <laughs> of all the spinoffs, do you have like a favorite other than ghosts? Cause me, I kind of like raising Canaan because it takes place in like old school New York, but that's just um, me though. But do you have a, I mean, a favorite? Ghost is my favorite. Uh, Power Book Two, Ghost is my favorite. You know, um, it's my favorite. When I, I think when I first started watching Raising Canaan, I was blown away, and I was like, oh no! It like, I, I hope it doesn't like, you know, uh, take away the validity of our show, but there's room for all of it. You know what I mean, and I think that's just the fear of things, you know, like in, like innately people just get scared. Where and that's the finality of things, right? Is that we think that everything needs to there's only a limited amount of quality, a quantity. Sorry, um, but if you're thinking about it from a place of God's abundance, there's room for everybody, and always will be room for everybody. And you know, I love raising Canaan because it is very different. It's very, it, they get to do another thing of you know, the origin story and then get to explore so many new things and with such a great fine polish, you know, and there's fine actors on the show. Like, I mean, like they're superb, you know, and they really care about their work and their craft and the quality of the show. Um, and I really, really respect that. Um, but I'm always going to ride for my home. I'm always going to ride for home <laughs> team. And I'm always going to say, uh, I may have slipped earlier, but I'm going to say now that like, uh, Ghost is my favorite. Ghost is my favorite. I love my people. I love the family. Um, it's just so much joy and fun and and uh, getting to play with everybody and in and the stuff we get to tackle and talk about um, because, you know, we have a younger cast. So we have to, t- we talk to a younger generation, you know, and in mm-hmm. speaking to them, we, we can deal with certain issues. We can talk about certain things, relate in certain different ways. And um, yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's funny, bro. We got, we just have so much fun. There's so much fun. Like when you see the second season, bro, you're like, oh man. Like, <laughs> which character do you think is more cutthroat, Rock from Raising Canaan or Monet from Ghost? Monet. Why you say her? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> so, can you talk about some of the worst characters? Because for me, it was. Um, the professor, like, dude just couldn't mind his business to save his life. I'm not going to say he's the worst. Um, I think 
I think the most trifling characters, sure. You know, the ones that be getting up in everybody's business when they don't belong, sure, I'll say, mm-hmm. I'll say Jabari Reynolds was definitely, like, he should have just sat at his desk and ate his food. Um, <laughs> I couldn't stand, I, I mean, from the first, from the first uh, Power, uh, book one, I couldn't stand Holly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand Holly. Like, she was just, like, trying to lock down Tommy and just, you know, always trying to be up in his business and run the things and do all that stuff. And she just couldn't just sit down. Just go sit down, you know? And um, it was very, it created drama, right? Um, the same with uh, season in Power Book 2, where we had um, Andrea's character. And she, uh, you know, she was trying to get dirt on Tariq, right? You're like, why are you just mm-hmm. asking him questions and snooping around like that? Like, can you move? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like those characters always, always bother us, man. They always bother us because, like, you know, if it's, someone's trying to do dirt and there's people just snooping around and asking questions and trying to catch man slipping, it's just like, ah, you know, but um, I wouldn't say any of them are the worst characters. I think I think because they make us feel that way so truthfully and so viscerally, they're some of the best characters because the best characters come and add the drama. You know what I mean? Our favorite characters have to deal with the drama, but the best characters come in flick. You know, they come in and they flick the forehead and they disrupt things and they, you know, ruin the the the, the equilibrium. The, what's that? The balance of things, you know, disrupt the scales. Um, and that's why we love them. That's why we hate them, too. Earlier, I asked you about Rock and Monet, but do you see any parallels between Kane and Kanan? No, not at all. Um, it's completely different. It's a completely different world. Like, it's a completely they're completely different characters, you know, they, they approach things differently, completely. I think the only thing you can say is that they're both ready to die for theirs, you know. Um, but I think people are always trying to compare the two or naturally you want to compare the two, but I think they're just, they're not the same archetype at all. You know, yourself, Latoya and Woody, you all like, like during the show, you all came across as real brother and sister. Like, what was it like developing a chemistry with them to get that realness to come across the screen. Pre-COVID, we were hanging out, doing things, going to dinners, enjoying time. And we tried to still do that, you know, after the pandemic, you know, after the lockdown, I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, but then it'd be like, every time I see you on set, it's like, I'm reuniting with family. You know, I miss you so damn much. Why can't I see you outside? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why the hell we can't leave our house? Um, but it, it really is like, you know, for Latoya, probably my favorite things about her is that she's so real. She's the type of person that will say the thing. She'll say the thing that everyone is like, if there's an elephant in a room, she will address the elephant, you know? And sometimes that could be scary because um, if you're the elephant, you're going to get addressed. But it can also be so such a breath of fresh air because everyone can breathe. There's an awkward situation, it's an awkward moment. And she'd be like, nah, why is that so damn awkward? And she'll just like pop the, you know, dissipate the air because she, she, she's so aware of it. Um, and that, that shows up in her work too, because she's so, she cares so much about her character and about her character's arc and about her trajectory and just taking care of Diana. Um, and she's so meticulous in her work and that's why she's a phenomenal actress. Um, Woody, same thing, very meticulous in his work. And that's why he's a phenomenal actor. You know, he's, he cares about his shit. He cares about it, you know? And I think I bond with actors who care. I love actors who care because, you know, it's so easy to get jaded sometimes and get comfortable. 
And uh, when you when you surround yourself with people who think like you and want, you know, to elevate and want to be the best and want the quality of show to be the best, um, you get great work. You get you get great bonding experiences. You get to talk about the craft in different ways and just engage and you know challenge each other. And Woody's always reading a new acting book, and I'm just like, damn, I ain't reading that. Like, damn, that's a big ass book. I'm not trying to read that. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, he keeps showing your toes, man. He keeps showing your toes, and it shows up in his work. He like, he like, you know, he loves to play. He loves to be free and loose, and you know, and that's why he's amazing. Um, and that's why I think that's why we bond so well as a family because it's just, it really feels like you know we can talk to each other about things and connect. What type of character art can we expect from Drew going um, into season two? He's definitely getting a little darker, uh, making some grown man decisions, uh, and having be put in between a rock and a hard place, you know, and and, and tensions will definitely flare. Um, but that's what we can expect from, from Drew. It's just a uh, you know some some grown man decisions i kind of look at at um at drew as as michael corleone from the from the tejada family like low-key cunning and dangerous and um but neither character wanted to get into the family business when you kind of look at them but both are like natural right. leaders do you think that that's a fair assessment to make about um drew it's a very fair assessment yeah definitely um there was definitely like you know, I, I watched The Godfather uh, and observed Al Pacino's character, Michael Corleone, and just watched him. And I love Al Pacino, so it was very easy to do. But, but um, uh -huh. you know, they they definitely were trying to draw comparisons uh, with certain with certain uh, moments. And um, yeah, I think I think overall, like you know, it's, the, it's that re that reluctancy that you know he is the best suited for the job. Because he doesn't, he's kind of like Caesar, right? Like, see, if Caesar shows the people that he doesn't want the crown, they want to give it to him more. Oh, true. You know what I mean, yeah. So at some point, we can't expect Drew to, you know, be the kingpin of the series. I think that's where it's heading. Um, I think you know, my my um, from from season one, pops is saying that Drew's the one. You know, Drew's the one that's gonna take over mm -hmm. the family business. Season one, he's saying that, and Ma saying, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I think like, I think, I think we can definitely like would head in that direction. It would make sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, obstacles, obstacles all the time. So the obstacles make the show. Right. So I don't know what they have in store coming up, but all I can tell you is that it's going to be some more good shit. <laughs> you know, how does it feel to have a character? you know, be representative of the LGBTQ community. I don't want to screw that up. I always screw up those um, acronyms for them. LGBTQIA. Um, yeah. And I think I think it's a big responsibility. Um, and I think, you know, it's a it's a big privilege, privilege of mine to be a part in any way, shape or form. And if I could help in any way I can through my work to make sure there's healing done, Make sure that people are taken care and making sure that people see themselves in Drew, then you know, I'll be a vessel to that. Because you know, it's funny, you know, sometimes you get asked this question or sometimes people talk about it. And as actors, our job is to portray truthful people, like people who are alive, who are around, who are, 
you know, walk the earth, people on the people that, you know, work regular jobs, the people that have to hustle, people that have to, you know, struggle and do all these things. And, you know, it's important for people to be able to see themselves, to see their stories, to see, you know, if it's difficult to come out to your family, if it's not difficult and what that world is and, but still not finding an acceptance and why can't you find that acceptance? And, you know, it's very important. It's a universal stories, you know, love, it's universal stories. And so, you know, the, the truth is always universal. And um, I think, you know, God, God put me in the in position to be able to tell the story. And I, I, I do not take that lightly at all. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, what I mean, it's a, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a big, it's a big torch to carry. It really is, you know, because you're speaking and you're, you're, you're shedding light on these lives. And, you know, it's important to take care. And that's why I approached you. I approached you with, you know, sensitivity, with care. I care about his every aspect of his story, um, his love life, his art, his, you know, and it just obviously it helps the work too, because when you really care, then you set yourself up for heartbreak, right? So <laughs> when things don't go my way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to, to play Drew and tell his story and tell the story of others in any capacity. You know, everybody seems to know that Drew is gay on the show, except for Kane. But when Kane finds out, is that going to affect, you know, Drew and Kane's relationship as brothers? Well, no, Kane knows. Everybody in my family knows. Everybody in my family knows that Drew is gay. Um, and it's not a secret. Um, it's not a secret at all. And uh, I think that's what's so beautiful about it. You know, it's like a street family. You think they're going to reject the son that is, you know, but it's not that at all. You know, it's not that at all. And it's like, it's a very unique dynamic that we haven't been given the space as black people to portray or to let people see on a global scale. So the fact that we're doing it now speaks to so much, you know, foresight and Courtney and, and, and attention to detail and quality and wanting to make sure that, again, people are seeing themselves. You know, in real life, the, um, the opioid crisis is a big problem in our community. To me, is the new crack epidemic. Can we mm -hmm. expect that to be reflected in ghosts? I think definitely. I think I think you know. I think it's when when things start to change and grow um, uh, going forward. I think that's something we can definitely touch on and, and expect. The writers are very you know they have their ears to the ground. You know what I mean, and they and they're, they're tapped in. So they're you know always make, looking for ways to make the show even more authentic, even more truthful. So I definitely think they're going to be putting that into the show going forward. I think you froze, Jamal. Yo, my bad. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, all right. So yeah, I was saying um what I like most about ghosts is the fashion and like they have like all the brands that I can't afford. But for you, what are some of your favorite brands that is represented in the show? Oh man, we got some fear of God. I love fear of God. Um I love uh I think I think Drew has a pair of Balmain jeans. Um and 
I am wearing, I bought some Margiela stuff. I can't afford the shit either, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I bought it anyways, because I'm like, listen, I want some nice clothes. I want some, I, I'm starting to feel myself a little bit. I want to wear some of these damn clothes. And um, and I don't know where I'm going to wear them, or when, when or where. But uh, yeah, those some of those, like, I love that kind of stuff. I love um, the stuff that is kind of understated. I don't like, you know, the Louis V stuff really that much because um, I like to specifically for myself keep it a little more low key. And I like, you know, more Japanese influence inspired things. Um, so yeah, that's also some of my, fa my favorite uh, picks of the wardrobe. And there's a couple like sweaters and things. I'm not sure where they got those from, but in season two, you'll see like wardrobe switch up a little bit. And yeah, it's really dope. Do you guys get to pick your wardrobe or is it like assigned to you like based on based on your character? It's kind of assigned to us. Like they go to pick out for us and then we put on, you know, in a wardrobe fitting and then we, you know, kind of, we kind of, uh, it, it's really like kind of not really approval. We say we like it or we don't, but like, you know, if you like it, it, it further allows for the space to you end up wearing it on the show. You know, if you don't like it for whatever reason, you could talk about why and like if it doesn't fit in certain places, it shows off your belly too much or whatever have you, you know. You know, from a sneaker standpoint, you guys wore some, you know, decent sneakers, you know, off-white, Mocha, Jordan 1s. Um, what can we expect to see this season sneaker-wise? Uh, more of the same. More of the same, actually. Yeah, more of the same. There's going to there's gonna be some, like, hitting outfits for sure, some really hitting ones. Um, in terms of sneakers, it's more of the same. I think I, I definitely got the off-whites. I definitely got – I think I got a pair of Tim's. Um, what else I got? I got a pair of oh, what were they? These Alexander McQueens. These Alexander McQueens. These are the those are the ones. Those are the ones that stand up. Yeah, those are the ones. Oh man, yeah, those are probably my favorite shoes that I wore this season. Crazy fit, you know, hard to hard to put on, very hard to put on, <laughs> but fantastic. <laughs> You know, who's the biggest sneakerhead on the show? Mm. Okay, so Toya loves sneakers, but you have to give it up to Alex LaPree. Alex LaPree has, she put it on her, her page. She has, I think in her story, she has cr a crazy shoe collection. And she got a mean shoe game. And um, yeah, it's probably Alex. But everybody else is low key. I think like, I think Michael might have some like a crazy shoe game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I my shoe game is trash. Like I, because I buy a shoe and I don't wear it because I'm like, I don't want to mess it up. What am I gonna wear it to X Y Z? And then I'll wear it. Mm -hmm. If I wear it one time, that shoe's out of the box one time. I'm now wearing it over again, and it's gonna get mashed up. You know, that's like that's that's the way I am. I can't just buy a shoe and like have it sit there forever. Like it needs to be worn. And when I wear it, I'll be like, oh, I already wore it, so now I can wear it again and it's gonna get messy, and that's just what it is. So it definitely ain't me. I give it up to Alex. <laughs> All right. So like the music is another big aspect of power. Like depending on the setting of the show, the music is like usually a reflection of the time. Like last season, you guys had pop smoke featured. 
um, and others, like from a soundtrack standpoint, who are some artists we can expect to hear this season? That I'm not sure about, man. I'm not sure because they don't they don't put the music until later on into into post. Mm -hmm. Um, I want. I would love to hear some uh, some of my favorite tracks from this year, some J Cole, because J Cole's music was super impactful this year. But also, like his music fits in the world. Like certain songs off his new album fits in the world really well. Uh, I can just think of like a few scenes where like you put his stuff in, and it goes crazy. Uh, I remember one time they had Jaden, Jaden Smith on a watch me uh from from power and that was I, was I was super surprised to hear that i was like yeah i love it i love it more, more that um but i'm not sure what they're gonna put in i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure at all i would love to hear some tinashe i would love to hear some tinashe some of her, some of her music in it because she just dropped a dope album and i feel like a lot of her music fits um uh who else you know i you I feel like we gotta get at least one track from Donda in there. Like one, like one Donda track, at least. No Child Left Behind, something like that. Like one, one Donda track. If we can just get one, praise God, something. Just one Donda track in there that just goes crazy. Ah, I'd be, I'd be like, I'd jump, jump off the roof, man. Like crazy. I gotta ask you, man, J. Cole last album, Donda or CLB? Which one have you been listening to? So when I gotta admit, when J. Cole dropped the offseason, I bumped that shit every day. Every day, my G. Like every day. I'm a big Kanye fan. Like I'm a huge Kanye fan. Love Kanye. Love Kanye. I love Kanye. I love his work. I love Donda. I think the album is beautiful artistically and sonically. And it's such a great thing. Um, um I think out of the three though see i can't even compare donda because donda speaks to me in a different way donda speaks to my elevation um donda speaks mm -hmm. to my elevation if that makes sense to you like donda speaks to our elevation one is black people and two is humans as a human race um in a sense of like you know what we got to do in order to advance you know what how we got to look you know what we got to look forward to how we how we lock in what we lock on to you know, love, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, Donna has a really special place in my heart. CLB just bumps, and I think it bumps really well. Some of my favorites, In Too Deep, um, Fair Trade. But off season, I bumped that consistently. Like, cause that was my workout album. That was my walking down the street album. That was my, and then I bumped it so much. And then I ran into him across the street when we were shooting one day and I was like, uh oh, I've been listening to you in my headphones all day. Like, <laughs> like, how do I not say, how do I not say, like, how do I truthfully have an interaction with you and not say that I've been listening to your music for the last two months straight? You know what I mean? Um, so I got to give it up to off season because off season was also talking about some really good stuff. But, mm, but Donda is really good because it feels like a full length album to me. Whereas the off season feels like a, an intro to something else. Does that makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. He has so many songs on there where he was just rapping for a minute and a half and then we just talk 
the rest of the song. You know what I mean? Just talking shit and then go mm-hmm. on to the next one. It just felt so like introductory to me. So I don't count. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like a full length album or if it's like a like just this, this is the warm up. Like don't worry, there's something else even crazier coming after. So in that regard, I give it up to Donda. Donda's my fave, man. That was my fave. All right. So like also on the show, you you have some musical legends. You have Method Man. You have Mary J. What was it like working with Mary J? Beautiful, man. I love her. I love her so much. I can't wait to see her again. Um, she is a huge talent. She's locked in. She's spontaneous. She's funny. She's gifted, man. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she cares about the show. Her integrity and her passion comes out when she plays Monet. And she she really cares. She really cares. And so it's like, yeah, it's just a beautiful gift to see, man. Um, see if I can turn on this light. Get some better lighting in here. Uh, but yeah, um, I had a couple interactions with Method this year. He's such a good guy. Um, and again, somebody else who cares, like just just wants to, you know, make sure the, the quality of the show is at its best and just like locking in, knows his lines front to back. You know, can play with you and just really wants to get down and, and, you know, really like lock in on the scene and stuff. So, you know, I haven't had too many interactions with Method. I, I'm, you know, Mary plays my mother. So, I, you know, she's in my house. I have scenes together all the time and, you know, whatever. But um, getting to getting to just watch them work and just absorb that and learn. I'm telling you, man, just get to learn so much. It's like, it's like a masterclass every time you get to go on set. You know, you have, you know, Toya, Woody, everybody's just hooping. I say this all the time and I will say this forever. Everybody on the show can go and get you 40 easily any night. You tell me if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a dream team right there. Thank you. Big facts, man. So can we expect Monet to sing on the show at some point? Maybe in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometime down the road. I don't know. That's a good question. All right. So also, like you have Fifty Cent, who's also the executive producer of the show. Like, um, what's the best Fifty Cent story that you have? Like, of the petty Fifty Cent that be on Instagram? I don't think I have one, man. I don't think I have one. I, I just watch and, and be entertained by it, but I don't have one specifically mm-hmm. for like, you know, I, I don't have a specific one. I enjoy that it's not serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at the end of the day, and, I, and I have to remind my fiance about this all the time too. And this is this is uh, this is I remind myself about it all the time by telling her, but telling her that like Instagram isn't real, social media isn't real. Like we make it as real as it really is, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. I don't know nobody on the other side of that screen on their page, and talking shit to anybody. People talking shit doesn't like it doesn't really matter. So it can, we it can matter if we let it, but at the end of the day. Somebody who's just doing this or doing this and then goes about their business, ain't thinking about you. They just want to say something and go about their business. So I like that he keeps it, that playful energy and just like whatever, whatever interaction I have with you on the ones in person is what we have. And whatever we do on Instagram is on Instagram. Instagram gets, is, a, is a vehicle. It gets you money. It gets you attention. And that's really all you got to pimp it to make it work for you. You know what I mean? So I like I like that he uses it like that because it's it's admirable and it's smart, and it gets you out of you your know, place of need, need to be personal and need, need to be like from an egoic place, you know. The Power Universe is one of the best series that's out now, but before Power, there was The Wire. Do you think The Wire set the blueprint for shows like Power and um, Snowfall? I definitely think so. 
I think I think it created a market, you know, and and, and got. Well, I, I think it got a lot of attention, brought a lot of attention to black faces and black names. Um, we got Idris Elba from that. We got, you know, um, Michael K. Williams, and um, and I think like I think I definitely think it set the bar, um, and show what we can do. Regardless if we're people in the street or not, because you have people in the street, you have people in the force, right? On, on the wire. But um, it just showed that, like, as Black people, where we can be on a quality show like The Wire and do our thing, you know, and, and, and win. And that, you know, I think that set the tone for going into power, going into snowfall, is that, like, you can sell a show like this and it's going to do well, you know? And why do you think it's so hard for people but to choose between like the wire and snowfall and power? Why do you think it's hard for them to choose? I don't think it should be hard. They're all three different shows. You can all give them the space and time. I mean, the wire is old, right? So if you're gonna watch the wire, watch the wire when you want to watch the wire, it's always gonna be there. Um, snowfall mm -hmm. is still happening now, so you can watch that, keep up to date, you know, all that stuff. Same with power, same with the you know, uh raising cane in the power universe. So I think they can all, they all warrant their attention. I watched Snowfall. I have one more episode to go. And because I don't have Hulu in, in Canada, I have to wait till I get back to the States. <laughs> but, uh, but I love Snowfall. It's, it's a great show. James interest doing his thing. Um, and uh, I think like, like I said, there's room for all of it, man. There's room for all of it. And there needs to be because um, people don't have to choose. That's the thing. You don't have to choose between power or snowfall or the wire or you name it. You don't have to. That's the, that's the beauty of it. You don't have to choose. You can watch it all. You can watch the episode of snowfall and then watch the episode of power book two ghosts and watch the episode of raising Canaan and then go back and binge watch the wire. It's a long show, <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it. You know what I mean? You can do it. So, you know, if there's room for it all, man, and that's, that's what's beautiful about it. You know, I see a lot of parallels between Omar and Drew, you know, from a sexuality standpoint to like a form of leadership to like putting in that work. Do you think that that's a fair comparison when you like put the two characters side by side? I would be honored to be compared to Michael K. Williams in any capacity. I think he was one of the greatest actors we've ever had and will have. I think he's he was fearless in his approach to his work and his care, sensitivity and his vulnerability. And I think like to be compared to any partial, like any standard of his work is an honor. So I'll take it. All right, so before we go, I wanna play a game with you. It's called Start, Bench, or Cut. Like I'll name three things and you just tell me if you're gonna start it, bench it, or cut it, all right? So I'm gonna start with the TV series. So Start, Bench, Cut, Snowfall, The Wire, or power? Oh, you a motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll start. I'll start power. I'll bench snowfall and I'll cut the wire. Oh, oh, Only wow. because <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's easy for me, man. Like, listen, I ride with my show. So mm -hmm. um, I'll ride with my universe. So if you, you know what I mean? I expect um, that part. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll bench Snowfall. Snowfall is dope in its own right, and then the wire I'll cut it because it's old. So like 
you can, it's it's great television. You can you can go back and watch it, but because it's old, it's like you the uh, certain elements you'll get from that show you'll also get in Snowfall and in, in Power. So, you know, you're you're kind of getting the 2.0 and the 3.0 by watching these newer shows. Okay. All right. So the next round is based on video games. We have um, the Metal Gear series, um, Grand Theft Auto series, or the Final Fantasy series. I'll start the Final Fantasy series. I'll bench this, um, I'll bench Metal Gear, and I'll cut Grand Theft Auto. You know, I had to get back into Final Fantasy. The last one I played was Final Fantasy VII. You know, the one that had like six discs. Yep. For like the first PlayStation <laughs> years ago. Yep, that's what I'm playing right now. Yeah, yeah. I have to get back. That was the last time I played it. It's a really good game. I'm, re- I'm playing the remake and I'm, I'm also going to play the remaster of the original. It's a really good game. Really good game. It's probably my favorite. One of my favorite games. I just bought the remaster for Resident Evil um, Director's Cut. That was like Jeez. one of the first games I ever. And I just I like randomly it. found it. That game is terrifying. I can't do it. <laughs> I, was a kid, I mean, I was it's like, not that wow. bad as an adult, but. Oh, okay. Because I was the kid. Yeah. I used to have that game. I was a kid. I was trying to play it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This. Why do I have this game? Who bought me this game? This game is terrifying." <laughs> and you couldn't move, and you, I was like, "Nah, I can't do that." All right. Shout out so, to you. <laughs> so our last round is for music, and we have Drake, Kanye, and Michael Jackson. Like the and the only reason I put Michael Jackson into the equation is because a few days ago. I saw something on Twitter, you know, people were saying Drake is bigger than um, than than Michael Jackson was at his peak. I feel like a younger a younger generation is saying that. Instagram can make you feel like your world is very small and everybody thinks the way you do. And I say that because Michael Jackson was worldwide. Like people in like Myanmar were like Michael Jackson. Like you know what I mean? People didn't have access to music, but had access to like a record player, had a Michael Jackson record, you know? So I, I, I don't think he's as Drake. Drake is currently as big as Michael Jackson. I think he can get there, but it's not there yet. <sighs> this is tough. I love Michael Jackson. Damn. You might get your um, your citizenship revoked if you go the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting Kanye. Starting Kanye. Oh, better start packing your bags. Oh, man. (laughs) Kanye's the only, like, locked in one. Because I don't want, okay, I can't cut Drake because I love Drake's music. Um, Michael Jackson's music. If I'm being honest with you, I love Off the Wall. I love Thriller. But like, I never really took in his four albums before that. And then I never took in his Jackson 5 albums. And then I never, like, his bad album was cool. Uh, you know, his history album was cool. Like, he had a lot of albums afterwards that didn't really slap like Thriller did. You know what I'm saying? But his global impact is undeniable. Like, that was a time where, like, you know, you couldn't go nowhere without saying Michael Jackson. You know Michael Jackson? Like, you know? Um, damn. I gotta... 
Nah, I'm gonna bench Drake and cut Michael. Oh wow! Strict, strictly off of the music, off of the music. I can do because there's certain. Yeah, there's certain like Michael Jackson songs that you can't live. I can't live without. But if I'm cutting anybody, oh man. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Wait, I don't know. Do I bench I Michael and cut? I mean, either way, it's kind of a L either way, so. It's pretty much an L. <laughs> I ain't cutting Kanye. <laughs> Kanye is locked in. You must See, you must have Kanye, um, you must have you a say? lifetime contract with Yeezy or something. No, I wish. <laughs> He's sending you a truckload of them Yeezys. It, without Kanye, you don't have Drake. But without Michael Jackson, you don't have Kanye. Isn't that interesting? Right? Because 808s and Heartbreak wow. inspires mm-hmm. So Far Gone, right? Um, and so and so. And uh, Michael Jackson inspires all of it. So it's weird to cut Michael Jackson. It's very weird. It's very weird to cut Michael Jackson. I might have hey, to cut so- Drake. So on that note, before you get your um, citizenship revoked, you know, I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Ghost 2. Like, do you have any other upcoming projects that you're working on? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm currently working on a film now in uh, in Toronto. Um, it's called Brother. It's going to, I don't know when it's going to be released, but we're, we're currently shooting it now. So I'm really excited to be back home shooting a film in my hometown. Um mm-hmm. So that's what I'm currently working on. All right, man. Thank you again for your time. All day. Appreciate you, man. <laughs>